New York City Comic Con has spiked so many comic books, and we're not talking about exclusives. Let's get into it. Comic Tom is back from New York, and you know what? He only feels 60% sick, which is so much better than previous years. That's true. Normally, you come back and you're like 300% sick, but I guess if you spread the 60% to all of us, we each get 20% sick, and everyone's in the same boat, I guess. Always giving you 100% comic fam. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button, and at the list at number 10, we have a Scotty Young variant on Transformers number one. This is hitting $85 average sales, and it's... Classic Scotty Young doing Optimus Prime. No surprise that this is spiking, especially because you could have only gotten it from his website. Yeah, this was an exclusive drop on scottyyoung.com. There's only a thousand copies printed, so it, it does make sense that this would not last. Thankfully, Transformers number one sold out across the board, so they're going back to a second printing. And Robert Kirkman reached out to Scotty Young and asked him if he'd want to come back for a second printing of his cover as well. So they are releasing a foil version of that Scotty Young Optimus cover. This is why you got to be following all your favorite comic book creators across social media. Scotty Young did this announcement about the second print foil on his YouTube channel. Getting ready for the big news. This week, you can pre-order his first Batman cover on Jason Aaron's first Batman comic book. And... That's not the only announcement. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. This is going to be Scotty Young's first ever DC work, period. And it's going to be a Batman cover for his buddy Jason Aaron's first ever Batman story, Batman Off-World, which releases November 21st. But the pre-sale for Scotty Young's covers is this coming Tuesday. So go hit up scottyyoung.com if you want to get in on this. He also announced an X-Men 141 homage doing John Byrne Wright Scotty Young style. And legit, I couldn't find this picture anywhere on the internet. We had to screen grab from the YouTube video. I don't think people know that this cover came out. It's not even on his Instagram unless you follow him on social. So do that and do yourself a solid. Use code Tom 101 on the best comic app in existence, Key Collector Comics. I use this app all convention long. I don't know how I would be able to do the hunt at a convention anymore without this app. Do you remember back in the day? We were hunting for exclusives. The amount of web pages that we would have to open up across our desktop just to find out what was coming on. Oh, absolutely. It's so nice to be able to have a single app that collects them all in one place. The amount of legwork is down, and all you have to do is just get that comic book goodness. Use that code, unlock a free two-week subscription of the app, and you support what we do. While we chat about number nine on the list, and we're not talking Deadpool, we're talking the first character that broke that fourth wall with Ambush Bug. DC Comics presents number 52. This book is hitting $15 average sales. You can grab a 9.8 for $144. And... Whoa, it's a double key. It's a 400% increase in copies sold this week, and this is most likely because of the recent passing of Keith Giffen, his creator. Fire Guy Ryan and I talked about him in last week's video because of being the co-creator of Lobo, and Ambush Bug is another one of the fan favorite characters. There's no long-term spec on this, but really... The fact that James Gunn likes oddball characters, he likes resurrecting people that are funny, humorous, are going to be able to make a movie great. This is one of those things that I think low-key spec as far as James Gunn doing something DC is probably one to bank on, especially at a $15 entry level. This book hasn't dropped very much. I mean, the heights it reached was 180 during the comic boom, so like under $50 because no one's been specking on this character. And I did mention that it's a double key. There's a panel during a parade where the balloon is drawn as Judge Dredd. This is the very first U.S. appearance of Judge Dredd, even if it's not like literally the character. I guess your mileage may vary whether or not a parade float version of a first appearance of a character counts or not. But we're going to move on to something 
even more obscure. Right here we have Marvel Graphic Novel number 11 on the list at number 8 from 1984. We're seeing $25 average sales for this book with the most recent uh, CGC 9.8 back in February selling for $52. So we're talking about Void Indigo. We've talked a lot about Void Rivals in the past. This has nothing to do with it. Void Indigo debuted in this graphic novel and then was set to be a six-issue miniseries, and they only got through issue two before it was canceled for controversy, amongst other things. But we're seeing an increase of copies sold of 667% on a book that has only eight copies graded at a 9.8 and a total of 14 slabs in existence. This book made it onto the list for what we can tell because of a YouTuber named Strange Brain Parts who did a deep dive on this issue. We've seen a lot of similar kind of coverage of obscure controversial comic books end up on the list. I'm thinking of books like Ruins that we've talked about in recent months. Spider-Man Rain, for example. Exactly, yeah. So it makes sense that something like this would pop off. And Strange Brain Parts actually did a really good deep dive on this book, and I subscribed to your channel after watching your video last night. But this book is a strange kind of, like, Conan-style sort of sword and sorcery slash Hawkman type of story. That I think was cool, but it was definitely ahead of its time. This is like the start of the Copper Age. Comic books were starting to become way more mature. You know, Tim Vigil's doing his thing. You know, we got Watchmen around the corner. Alan Moore goodness coming down the slate. Shriek is about to come out in a few years. So this comic book was a bit ahead of its time because of the environment that comic books were entering. But... Because of the controversy that was found within its pages, this was actually the first epic imprint that got canceled. Not just because the creators couldn't hit deadlines, but because of what they were writing specifically. The writer Steve Gerber had already proved that he was willing to get litigious because he had fought with Marvel over the rights of Howard the Duck. So the fact that they invited him back to work on a new character that seemed a little bit like Hawkman, the fact that he would get resurrected in different timelines to try and save humanity. Again, this is an interesting plot line, but really being released in 1984 it was probably just a little bit ahead of its time. The fact that, like Tom mentioned, Alan Moore, the Frank Miller stuff, Batman Year One, Killing Joke. The, uh, keep in mind that it was only a couple years before we were voting whether or not we needed to kill Robin. I just think this book was the wrong place at the wrong time to really hit everything it needed to. Kind of cool, but it doesn't feel like something that I want to run out and hunt and get slabbed. I don't think this is going to be on the list in the future, so just keep an eye out if you are interested in reading a copy for yourself. And you got to keep an eye out on all things Dynamite because hot damn, are they bringing the heat with number seven on the list, Thundercats number one, seeing $100 average sales, 9.8's hitting $535 from their height back in April 2021 of $2,250. First off, some books like Thundercats, G.I. Joe I'm thinking of, Transformers, they're hitting a point at a 9.8 level that's just as low as it's going to get. I don't see Thundercats dipping below $500 before everyone just starts picking it up. What do you think? It's 143% increase in copies sold this week, and I think that is supremely low, especially because there are so many 80s kids out there that should want this book in a high grade. We know it's a kid's book. We know Star Comics through Marvel releasing these books. They were just beat up. Getting a 9.8 in the $500 range is 
unheard of. Like, really, this is the type of book that you'd expect to be seeing $800 to $1,000, more like a Transformers number one or a G.I. Joe number one. I've been mentioning this a handful of times on the mic. I want the community to be considering the percentage of 9.8s that exist to the overall census count. That right there is the best way to assess how rare a 9.8 is. There are 2,688 total copies on the census currently, and 351 of them are 9.8. That is a 30 13% margin. That is abysmal. Keep in mind that when you're submitting a book, no one says, I'm submitting this to get a 9-2. You want 9-8, so you are sending the best possible copies you have. So when we see so many that are in the 9-0 to 9-6 range, this is a really tough book in high grade. We haven't heard anything since the 2021 announcement that there was going to be a live-action adaptation of Thundercats. Well, this last week, Dynamite broke the internet at New York City Comic Con and didn't just announce them taking on Thundercats as an ongoing run. Oh, the IPs that they purchased. Yeah, for the last couple years, uh, Dynamite has been killing it, I think, with the Disney property specifically. They've been putting out new versions of Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck. And more recently, they've been starting to do these Disney villain miniseries featuring like Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty and Scar from Lion King. They're about to drop a Cruella de Vil miniseries. So they're really working these Disney villains books. And they're not bad. I've been reading a lot of them. No pun, but the Disney stuff has been dynamite. And they raised the bar at New York City Comic Con. They announced not just Thundercats, but they announced Powerpuff Girls. The Flintstones, Space Ghost, as well as Wizard of Oz and my personal favorite, Johnny Quest. Hot damn, Nikki B. Forgot about We Pair Pairs, man. That one's going to be great. I love that show. I got to know from this entire slate that was announced, which are you most excited about? I'm low-key thinking about making a Powerpuff Girls variant. I know I probably shouldn't, but would you buy it if I made it? Only if Bruce Tim did it. No, you got to get Raph Gersetti on a Mojo Jojo cover. I was literally thinking about <laughs> Raph Gersetti, dude. Yeah. Don't even mess with me. Raph, where are you at? Next at the list at number six, one of my personal favorite comic books of all time. I know this is one of your favorite comics, Tom, and that's why I told you about when Dynamite did the Darkwing Duck number eight, one in ten. You did. Gotham by Gaslight homage, and that's why number six on the list, Batman, Gotham by Gaslight number one on the list because of Elseworlds news. We have a $12 average sales and $59 for a CGC 9.8 just September super low price on this one but a 275% increase in copies sold on the news that DC Comics is bringing back Elseworlds. Batman in the Victorian era going up against Jack the Ripper with a glorious Mike Mignola cover. I love this book. It's not easy in high grade. There's only 73 copies graded at a 9.8, 230 slabs in total on the census. Doesn't that seem a little low? That seems really low. There was an animated movie and everything. Yeah, this is definitely one of the most popular, if not the most popular, like Batman Elseworlds spinoff story. And it's uh, just one of the sequel series that is going to be a part of this new Elseworlds lineup that they just announced at New York. It's also the first Elseworlds comic that DC released. So... Getting the news that they're bringing it back spiked this book up. It's so affordable. You should just get it, and you should read it as well. But there's a lot of, like, nostalgia going full circle here in the next year. First up, we have Gotham by Gaslight, The Kryptonian Age, number one. That's going to be a 12-issue miniseries that will be a sequel to Gotham by Gaslight, but expands that whole world to feature that era's Justice League. So we're going to get to play in that world a little bit more with Gotham by Gaslight. 
My personal favorite thing that was announced is Batman the Barbarian, number one, a six-issue series written and drawn by Greg Smallwood, who just killed it on the art for Human Target. I am very excited to see this book. Another one is Dark Knights of Steel All Winter, number one. That is another sequel series to Dark Knights of Steel, which recently wrapped up. That was a Tom Taylor-written miniseries casting the DC characters back in like medieval Game of Thrones times. This sequel will not be written by him. It will focus mostly on Deathstroke running around doing basically Skyrim stuff in the Norse areas. That'll be kind of fun. I probably won't read that one because I don't love Deathstroke. Next up, however, Green Lantern Dark, number one of seven. That is a seven-issue miniseries written by Tate Brombaugh with art by Werther Deladera, who does the art for Something is Killing the Children. That I am very much excited for. We also have Batman Nightfire, number one, by brothers Clay and Seth Mann. Clay Mann, who did the artwork for stuff like uh, Batman Catwoman and Heroes in Crisis, a very good artist. Uh, that's going to be a really, really pretty book. If you enjoyed James Tynan's run on DC vs. Vampires, there's going to be a continuation with a different writer, DC vs. Vampires World War V. And I think that DC and these other publishers are seeing what Marvel was doing because they've been building up, courtesy of Jonathan Hickman, the ultimate universe. Next year, we got... Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Black Panther, as well as Ultimate X-Men, which is going to be drawn and written by Peach Momoko. Hot damn. Yeah, I love the Ultimate Universe especially, so I'll be all over those books. I am going to pick and choose some of these Elseworlds comics, but it is a good, it's an exciting time. You know, I'm excited to see some of these alternate universe stories come back into focus. Which brings us to number five on the list with something that Russ foreshadowed. Absolutely a little bit of foreshadowing, Tom, and one good Mike Mignola cover deserves another. We have number five on the list, Batman 428, The Death of Jason Todd Robin. We have a $40 average sale and a $425 CDC 9.8 sale. Now, why are we seeing a 300% increase on this book from 1989? It's because they have announced that they are going to be releasing the alternate ending where Robin lives. For those of you that know the story, there was a 900 number at the end of issue 427 and DC encouraged you to call up this 900 number and pay 50 cents per time to vote whether or not Jason Todd would live or die. He died by only 72 votes and the rumors that have been persistent for years are that someone used a robocaller to call numerous times to kill him. Whether or not that's true, we know that we are finally going to get in absolute print the alternate ending where he doesn't die. At the time, they did not know whether or not their bloodthirsty readers would vote to kill or <laughs> let Jason Todd live. So they had to write both versions, and we've just never had a comic book featuring the alternate version up until now. So it's exciting. They're calling it a faux simile. So keep your eyes out for that one later. At the list at number four, we have Web of Spider-Man 118. A book that is cherished by so many people who grew up watching the Scarlet Spider in the 90s. We have first appearance of Ben Riley as a Scarlet Spider, seeing $100 average sales, $721 for a CGC 9.8. Considering this book hit heights of near $1,200 during the comic boom. Actually, not even really. It was actually in 2022 that that hit. I don't see a $700 price and feel bad about it this book feels like it's accurately priced and if anything could be worth more eventually there's a lot of people i know that cherish this book that want this book still and that buy multiple copies of it we have a 467 percent increase in copies sold the 9.8 count is very similar to thundercats only 294 copies are graded at a 9.8 the total census count is 2377 that puts it at a 12 percent ratio on a book that is so wanted and there's virtually no news right now. I mean, we know we're going to get them in the next Spider-Verse film, 
But the only Spider-Man thing that's going on right now outside of the comics is the game that was released. And we know we're going to have different renditions of costumes that you'll be able to wear. And there's so many that seeing Scarlet Spider as one of them is no surprise. Is that why this book is hot? Or is it because this book is just becoming so affordable and people know they want it eventually that they're just going to grab it while it's low? Yeah, we did get the cool reveal that Andy Samberg is the voice of Ben Riley in Across the Spider-Verse earlier this year. So we can assume that he'll feature pretty heavily in the third movie. So maybe people are just getting prepared for that eventuality. Support the show directly. We'll send you comics every single month. We have a membership option that's only 35 bucks plus shipping. We have a buy it now option, one-time purchase for 40 bucks. PayPal options and one per box. In November, we got bangers. Tyler Kirkham, Trade Dress Spider-Boy number one, his first solo ongoing series. Also going in one per box, Swamp Thing number one, Trade Dress Lee Bermejo cover, first appearance of Swamp Thing, Alec Holland. ComicTom101.com to join the community. Support what we do. We'll send you some funny books every month. We are in the home stretch now here at number three. We have Star Slayer issue number two from 1982. This is the first appearance and origin of The Rocketeer. We're seeing $20 average sales for this book with the most recent CGC 9.8 selling for $210 earlier this month. Rocketeer appears in marketing and then as well as the backup issue of this book marking it his first time in comics, but he's not on the cover, which is why this book low-key wasn't very wanted for a really long time. This was one of the early books that you told me to pull out of my like quarter bin pile when we were lugging lawn boxes at conventions, always letting me know that's a key book that one day people are going to care about. And they do now because of the announcement back in 2021 that there was going to be a live action adaptation on Disney, but we haven't heard any news till this past week. The heights this 9.8 hit back then was $566. 9.8s right now are hitting just over 200 bucks. The book is super low, but this news caused some excitement, a 600% increase in copies sold. So news is that the Rocketeer movie has brought on a new writer, and this is the first big news that we've had since about 2021 on this project. And you know what? While a lot of people in the comic book industry have forgotten, the Dave Stevens fans have not. They have kept this book relevant along with all of the other fantastic Dave Stevens covers. He just does a great job, and the Rocketeer being his big character means that there is always someone who's going to want these books. Speaking of somebody who wants these books, in the uh, first vlog episode we just released on the channel, we went to the comic shop with a Golden Age guru who saw a wall full of Dave Stevens books on the wall and was unconvinced to try anything else. He had his eye set on those books, and the whole vlog was a lot of fun. You guys should go check it out if you haven't already. Let me know what you think about this new style of content that we're releasing. The vlog was a lot of fun to make. I have another one for a New York City Comic Con inbound. It's being edited as we speak. I'll put the link in the description to the vlog. Let me know what you think about it in that comment section of that video. And number two on the list, Real Talk. I traded numbers with Rob Liefeld at San Diego this past year, and he hit me up before I left to New York City Comic Con saying he wanted to meet up to show me something. And that's why number two is on the list. Bloodstrike number one, seeing $10 average sales, a new all-time high, a CGC 9.8 hitting $129, an increase of copies sold of 1,275% because Rob Liefeld got tired of studios just dabbling in comics and not focusing in on the 9 goodness, he made a concept video of Bloodstrike to sell the IP. 
So for those of you 90s kids who bought Bloodstrike number one, you know you've got a copy somewhere in your garage. This is the one that was super famous because it had the reveal the blood cover. You touch the blood and it got red. I've always loved this cover. And again, this is one of those books that has not gotten love in forever. If you read my Overstreet Price Guide Advisor essay from two years ago, I actually talked about how the 90s are back. And this is just more proof. And I'm so glad that Rob Liefeld has taken the Bulls by the horns on this one, making this happen. This proof of concept video is amazing, and I'm going to be first in line to see this movie. Yeah, Rob teamed up with Phil Silvera, who he met on the first Deadpool movie, who is apparently the stunt coordinator for the Daredevil show on Netflix, and that show has phenomenal stunts, so he's uh, teamed up with somebody very, very smart. And Rob is committed to making this a thing. He's talking about a blood strike universe here, and he's going to show people behind the scenes on his Instagram, the whole process leading to the creation of this movie. So he's he's dead set on making this happen. And even for somebody who's jaded on 90 stuff like myself, I can't deny that this does look kind of cool. What do you think about this concept video? I love it. It looks like it could be a preview to a video game. And also, what do you think about comic book creators paving their own path to get things done? Kudos to Rob Liefeld. Hit the like, slap the subscribe button. And the number one most trending book in the world this week is Gargoyles number one. Yes, that's right. We're rounding out this list with some 90s stuff. Gargoyles from 1995, the first comic book appearance of the Gargoyles cartoon. We're seeing $115 average sales for this book. We had a 9.8 CGC sale earlier this month of $240. We got some real good news in regards to the Gargoyles live action series that's going to be headed to Disney+. Plus. The book is down royally $600 from its 2021 heights where it broke $800. But I think it's because who's attached to this series that's going to be debuting on Disney Plus, which is why the craze has restarted and people be buying this book now. It was announced earlier this week that filmmakers Gary Doberman and James Wan with his Atomic Monster production company would be teaming up to make the Gargoyles live action series. The two of them have a lot of history working together on the Conjuring universe that James Wan created and shepherded into fruition. We've also uh, learned that the two of them worked together on the live action Swamp Thing series a couple years ago that sadly got canceled way too soon. We've also talked about Atomic Monster a lot recently, too. They scooped up the rights to The Good Asian, a book that Tom and I cannot stop talking about. You need to go read The Good Asian. They're also apparently working on an adaptation of the video game Dead by Daylight, which uh, Tom, at least, is a big fan of. Let me know what you think about all this New York City Comic Con news. Do you own any of these comic books? Are you specking on anything? Help your fellow comic fan members by commenting down below. And, of course, as always, geek responsibly. Enough said. <laughs> 